I view my coffee shop like a show. It's a production. And I am the director, I'm the choreographer, I'm the stage manager, I'm everything. And it actually helps me manage it better because I look at my business and I look at my employees as a cast and as, mm -hmm. as an ensemble. Artistry and everything that I've learned in acting has only helped me as a business owner and has only shaped how I see business because I always say I came from the hardest business of all, which is show business. Mm -hmm. And that is the truth. It is so true. And it's helped me tremendously. It's helped me with my people skills. It's helped me be malleable. It's helped me have really thick skin. It's helped me be very creative with marketing and, and the people that I choose to be part of the team. I view everything as a piece of art and as a piece of creation with business. It is the same to me. Jackie. Yes. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Um, we haven't connected in a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm honestly just excited just to talk to you. Same. Um, it's been, so we first connected, man, it would have been 2019, 2020. 2020. Right before COVID? No, no like, right, right after. Like in it, in it. We were in it. So, because you moved after like kind of shut down stuff because you were traveling and doing yeah. um, shows. There was no shows after COVID. Mm -hmm. Then that's when you landed yes. here. Yes. So then that's when we, we met at Common House. Mm -hmm. um, crazy. And at that point, you had already kind of had Cafe Cafe in mind. Yes. Did, just in my mind. Just in your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had you, okay, so here, this is something I don't think I ever got to ask you because it's been, you know, it's really since that, you know, then, and then we kind of connected like whenever you did, when you had your first truck location. Yes. Um, it was at like, a, it was in a parking lot. Yep. Um, and then the one time you were over in Lenexa at the downtown Lenexa yep. with, um, Mr. D's donuts. Yes. Um, and then since then now, obviously there's a physical space and a second space as of this weekend, but, I don't think we ever really got to like, I've, I've wanted to have the conversation of like processing through those early days with you. Cause there was just so much of like, you know, a whirlwind of like COVID and you know, a whole different life. And then you're starting over. At what point did cafe cafe enter your mind? Cafe cafe entered my mind. I want to say, um, late 2019 okay. I was still on the road with my show and um, I'd been traveling for already a year um, and I knew my show would be over within a year mm. and I had just turned 30 and I th wanted to have a backup plan in my mind mm. <laughs> in case acting and musical theater was something that I wanted to start walking away from because I was at the peak of my career. Mm. I had lived in New York for at that point, 10 years and I had booked the show that I was on was my dream show. Mm. And I wanted to at least 
have it in my mind that, all right, if it doesn't get any better than this, this moment, what do I want to transition into? So Cafe Cafe was actually just a plan C. It wasn't even a plan B. (laughs) Plan B was just to go back to New York and see where my life was going to go. If I was going to book another show, if I was going to continue auditioning. That was my expectation at the time because it was like I was at my peak um, as far as like body shape, uh, athleticism, my voice, my networking. It was just like everything seemed to align 2018, 2019. Mm. And I was like, I don't want... um, to go back to New York and be disappointed. So I, I just had some type of backup plan. Yeah. So I would say like late it came into my mind and I went into the girl's dressing room and was like, you guys, I think I have this idea and I'm going to open up a coffee shop one day. <laughs> it's going to be a Vietnamese coffee shop. And the girls were like, yeah, do it. Um, so that was probably when it entered my mind. How similar does Cafe Cafe look now to what you kind of visioned in your head 2019 oh my gosh similar in many ways um so different in so many other ways I I didn't expect a lot of the impact that I have had Mm -hmm. which is huge um to me It, it makes me feel um incredibly blessed in in a lot deeper more fulfilling way than I think I envisioned it yeah um and before it was more romanticized version of what it is now even though right now it's still very uh big and and I the vision that I have for it now is still very like ambitious Mm -hmm. but I think the vision that I had before was just kind of like um yeah just like a little brief blip of an idea. Mm. So it's, 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 I, I still wanted it to be very involved culturally. Um, but I didn't know how involved it would be. Yeah. 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 There's probably no way you could have known like the impact, especially locally. Yeah. Like who would have thought? Not me. (laughs) That's for sure. <laughs> um, we'll get into some of that because I would love to hear just your perspective on on the impact and you know some of the connections you've been able to make and stuff along the way. But but okay, let's go back to still like 2019. So 20. So you're you know you're on on the show. Yep. You know, tw- COVID hits in the middle of the whole everything, the whole contract basically. Yep. So there's no shows. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, what you, what's going on in your mind at that point? You've now, you know, have somewhat of a plan B and C, mm-hmm. even, you know, six months maybe before COVID happens. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, now it's like COVID's happened, shutdown happens, there's no work. What's going on in your head? The first thing that goes in my head is honestly the, it was one of the biggest heartbreaks of my, my life, if I'm being quite honest. Um, and I've been through my fair share of heart heartbreaks, but I had r- really put a lot of my eggs into this show. Um, the show wasn't more than just a an important like 
money-making thing for my career. It was more than, you know, reaching the Broadway resume line. It was, it was, um, accumulation of all this work that I've poured into. It was one of the reasons why I moved to New York. It was how I came about. The, sh- the show was Miss Saigon, which is like culturally very important to me because it has to do with the Vietnamese culture. I had worked literally five years to get to this specific production. And so for it to just be like literally stripped and taken away um, and taken away indefinitely, I think that was like the hardest part was that mm. our producers were like, it's not going to happen even when, if COVID it stops, like we're just, the show's over. Mm. And that was like what I, and I didn't get to say goodbye to all my friends. We had no idea it was going to be canceled. We were just told, you know, you're going on a, like a two week hiatus. Mm. And so I think a lot of that was processing, like shutting this door of this show. And like, what does this mean for my career? What does it mean for me? Am I still going to be an artist? Like I, I wasn't even thinking about coffee. I was just thinking about like my friends and my life and like all my stuff that was still on the road. Like a lot of artists went through a lot of crazy transitions because Mm -hmm. of how it just shut down immediately and there was no backup plan, like no auditions were happening. So I felt very, very lost. Um, I'm still in that, like I'm still grieving it to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. It's still process for me. Um, that I have still yet to kind of like unearth um, because I've kind of had other passion projects, obviously, and I've had this coffee shop to really help me with that transition, but I wasn't thinking anything at the time. I was just trying to like stay above water. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I was just trying to like figure out like the rest of the world, what was happening. But um, my, yeah, just like a a whirlwind of heartbreak, to be honest. It was just very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you end up here? Well, um, my ex-boyfriend lived here and, or is from here. And he was also in the show and we both were like, what are we doing? How do we, what do, we couldn't go back to New York. Mm-hmm. So I just actually moved here um, hoping we could figure it out here and mm-hmm. figure out what the next path was. And we were like, you know, let's just seek refuge here for a second um, and see what opportunities will be here. Let's create, let's just like, you know, wait out the pandemic, I guess. And um, that was the original plan was me moving to Kansas City to, I guess, just figure it out. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty tenacious. I'm pretty open-minded. Like I knew that Kansas city was up and coming. I didn't know too much about it though. Um, but I knew that if, if I didn't like it, I could go somewhere else and just figure it out. But because it was the pandemic, I was just like, yeah, let's just go. You know, Mm -hmm. we were all figuring out where to go. And so it was more of just like a leap of faith situation, Mm -hmm. but because of, my ex's ties here and his family was here. I felt a little bit more comfortable to be like, okay, well, you know, that's here. Um, I couldn't go back to San Diego just cause it was really expensive. And, um, my mom was high risk at the time and mm. that just wasn't an option for me. And, um, yeah, so this was like the next best thing for me to try and figure it out. 
Yeah. That's, and I haven't left since. Yeah, so. you're still here. Yeah, <laughs> I am. So you landed here. Yep. Um, you know, at that point, you know, that was middle to late 2020? It was July 2020, so literally three years ago. Wow. It's cr- what's crazy is it's only been three years. Doesn't it feel like it was like 10 years ago? Yes. <laughs> yes. It feels so long ago. I know. But it also is like, whoa, time is like wild. It's super weird. But yeah, so it's been three years. Yeah. Um, a ton has happened in three years. But still, like, I'm, I'm those early days, you know, like you're here. At what point do you're like, okay, we're here in this transition period trying to figure out what's next. How do you go from that to, okay, let's get this coffee truck going? Um, immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm not one that waits around. I was like, all right, I had this plan. Let's make it plan A. And the minute I have something in my mind, I hyper fixate on it until it's done. And so I was like, let's do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not wasting another minute. I'm not wasting another dime. I'm, I'm going like full force into this because I had nothing else. Right, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. I also had no friends. I had no network and nothing. And I was just like, I don't want to just sit around. So in- immediately I came here and the, the work began, the research began, the branding, the photo shoots. You were actually one of my first photo shoots mm. um, for just like, social media. Mm. It were it, it started immediately. Mm. <coughs> yeah. And it just hasn't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> just hasn't stopped since. But yeah, I'm I am very much um my close friends and family, they know that when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm that type of person to kind of just like action for me helps me a lot because I don't want to ruminate because ruminating then leads me to not doing it. Right. Procrastinating. And... Sorry, I have to go my throat. No, you're good. <coughs> you can take a minute. Smoking too much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's go. You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask? I guess action or what led me or yes. the beginning. The beginning. So you talk about, you know, like this, you know, as soon as you fixate your mind on something, you know, every, you know it, your family knows it, your friends know it, like you kind of hyper fixate and like get it done. Like you're yeah. kind of goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? It comes from being an actor. Um, it comes from my training. You know, I studied musical theater in college. I got a degree, uh, BFA in musical theater. And in that training conservatory, um, that lifestyle, you are your own business person, mm. like acting. I am a billboard for myself. And so if you're not getting after it, no one is. Mm. You know, a lot of people think that acting is things are handed to you or or it's it's just the most difficult career <laughs> a 
of all time, (laughs) just from my bias, I guess, but you got to get after it. And if you're not getting after it, you're not going to get work. And Mm. that's just how I've been since I think I was, I started musical theater training later than the typical actor. It was like 17 when I started training, but, um, I think it comes from that. I also think a lot of it comes from uh, being um, a kid of a refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and a single mom, um, we were taught like early, early on, you got to work for things. Nothing's handed to you. And so, I mean, that, like, so it's a big combination of how I grew up, mm-hmm. how my mom raised me, and then also the training the intense training that I had as an actor um, really gave me a really solid foundation of like getting after it. And that's, that's a great thing for a lot of creatives to kind of like have, but it also can be really dangerous Mm. if you don't have thick skin or if you don't have a good support system, if you're just like getting after it and just jumping, um, it can be, it can be also a, a, a dangerous territory if you're not prepared. Mm. Mm-hmm. What was life like as a kid, like growing up? Life was fine. It was um, always different. It was very day by day, paycheck to paycheck. I felt like a very happy kid, but I always felt I was super shy, super introverted, but I always had a lot of pressure from very early on. I, I can, my, one of my first memories is like getting in trouble for spilling milk. <laughs> and I remember like feeling like it was really unfair that I got in trouble for spilling a cup of milk. Um, and, but my mom was trying to teach me a lesson about pouring milk too fast and not watching where I was going and, to me I was just a little kid being like I was an accident and she's like but you need to like think ahead and you need to you know so much pressure Mm -hmm. that's like one of my earliest memories is like constant pressure to do well to succeed to not be poor to you know not cover up that we were poor but to like have this um presence of like just because we're poor doesn't make us less than so you have to like be smarter and be more successful. Um, so childhood for me was a lot of reading, a lot of, um, playing alone. I was the baby of the family and all my brothers were much older. So I played by myself a lot. Um, but I don't remember playing a whole lot. I remember organizing. (laughs) I remember like playing teacher. I remember watching a lot of movies, a lot of books, a lot of coloring, but I didn't have this like playful nature. I was more just like an old soul. I mm. loved talking to people, especially grown-ups. I remember like having a lot of grown-up conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, childhood was oh, was fine. It did. I didn't feel like a typical kid where I was like ah you know, playing around and like reckless. I, I was a very like contained kid. Mm. Um, yeah. How do you think that that plays into who you are now? I think that, um, it led me to be an artist because 
being an actor and being an artist gave me freedom to be playful mm -hmm. in a confined space. So it, I've, I've always felt like I needed permission to be myself. Mm -hmm. So, because in my, in my household, I had to have permission for everything. Mm -hmm. What I wore, where I went, very, very strict. My mom was super strict. And so I think that my childhood then gave me this kind of like insight to being like, you need permission to be a kid. And so acting and create creativity and just art in general, I felt like was the easiest way for me to be like, to play and to dress up and to wear makeup and to be whoever I wanted to be. But because I was doing it for a job or because I was doing it, it gave me permission. Mm -hmm. So it definitely led to that lifestyle. But who I am as an adult, at least right now, I'm really trying to figure out if I had, if I have leftover childhood that I didn't get to play as much and mm -hmm. I didn't get to do all the things that I want to do. And it's definitely showing now more than ever with just the choices that I make within my business, like the things that I'm doing, especially this year for me has just been very, very selfish in the way that I'm like, no, if I'm, if I want to buy that for myself or I want to go this place or I want to experience this, I'm going to go and I'm not going to need permission to do it. Um, yeah, a lot of layers there, but um, I think it really impacted my career choice to be an, an actor. How do you, how would you say that like the things you did as an actor, as a performer, that, that lifestyle, right? Of mm -hmm. like, you know, doing shows multiple nights a week and like just like the lifestyle of it. Yeah. How, how did, how did that, like it's still only like, you know, three, four years ago. So there's still a lot of that, that's still who you are, mm -hmm. you know, like how does that play into what you're doing now in, in business? It's everything. Um, I view my coffee shop like a show <laughs> That's a secret um, that I, I guess I'm telling everyone, but <laughs> it's a show for me. It's a production mm -hmm. and I am the director. I'm the choreographer. I'm the stage manager. I'm everything. And it actually helps me manage it better because I look at my business and I look at my employees as a cast and as, mm -hmm. as an ensemble. Um, I've had to lead ensembles before, like being a dance captain, which is basically the person that is in charge of like making sure your dance numbers stay clean and precise and consistent no matter what city or what venue you're in. And so artistry and everything that I've learned in acting has only helped me as a business owner and has only shaped how I see business because I always say I came from the hardest business of all, which is show business. Mm -hmm. And that is the truth. Like it is so true. Um, and it's helped me tremendously. It's helped me with my people skills. It's helped me be malleable. Um, it's helped me have really thick skin. It's helped me be very creative with marketing and, and the people that I choose um, to be part of the team. I view everything as a piece of art and as a piece of creation. 
um, with business. So I don't like it, it, it is the same to me. It mm-hmm. is literally the same. And I remember I was doing a photo shoot for an interview um, and I was like in front of the camera, you know, and like posing myself, whatever. And the photographer who I really respect was like, you never really left the business. And that like helped me feel very validated in a weird way because like mm-hmm. actors, um, at least in my experience and who, how I viewed life, like acting was, was me. It wasn't a job. It was who I was. It was like my identity. And I felt like I lost that identity in the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. so when I was doing a photo shoot for my business and that person, the photographer was like, you never really left show business. I was like, thank you. And that just made me feel good because I tied my identity to show business for so long. And Mm -hmm. I still do. And I'm still trying to figure that out, that like part of me. But everything that I do is art. Mm. it's just who I am now. So, yes. I love that. That's so cool. Um, So if everything's art, you know, what are, what are some, maybe some practical things you're doing in, in the coffee business right now that, you know, other than like, you know, seeing things like, um, the business side as like you said, like a production, those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. like, even from like, you know, there's always like other random like creative outlets. Like I saw you guys are, are working on like a, a podcast mm-hmm. and a few different, like different outlets. What other like creative outlets, you know, do you find or are you working on that are, that are helping you, you know, tie back into that huge piece of you, mm-hmm. you know, everything from, you know, creating drinks, um, and, taking time to like name them clever names or to tie it into how do we then take this drink and do an incredible photo shoot with it. That's not, I don't know. I'm, I'm really trying to push myself creatively and go really outside of the box and use the vehicle of coffee and coffee shop culture to kind of be like, okay, I see this this um, neighborhood of coffee shops, I see what everyone's doing. How do I shake it up and make mm-hmm. it a production and, and make it fun for me and interactive for me? And how do I make it, how do I use all of the like experiences and travels and like things that I've experienced and how do I put that into this project? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have podcasts going, we're trying to film as many things. I have photo shoots every single month. Um, I, you know, I, I do things like this with, you know, talking to other creatives. I'm, I'm really trying to push myself to the maximum (laughs) capacity of how do I, how do I just like have the most fun with my brand and my, Mm -hmm. my company and treat it like a show. And what does this season look like? How many episodes does it have? What's this next version of it going to be? Is this going to be documentary style? Is this going to be wacky, wackadoo? Like, you know, uh, what network are we going to be on? I I literally see my shop in different phases. Mm -hmm. Is it a musical? Is it a documentary? Is it like that? It just helps me think of it as more fun. Yeah. Because like when I think of it, oh, we're going to be shooting this commercial right now. Oh, yes. Like 
cool. You know, I, I look at it as like almost like a, this huge, like agency. Mm. Um, and that's just like, but that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. Not everyone comes from a performing background, you right. know, but that's my background and that's what I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just like directly translate it. And it's only helped me because it makes me feel like I'm doing something that I've trained for mm-hmm. versus when I first opened the business and I was like reading mm-hmm. all these business books and trying to figure that out. Like I was like, well, why? yes, like you should absolutely learn about business. You should know about the logistics and educate yourself. But when it comes down to it, who are you really? And I'm like, I'm an artist. And so I need to make this into my art. So the other thing, you know, you mentioned, we actually talked about it a little bit before we started recording. And, you know, there's a, there's definitely a level of owning a cafe that is, can be, you know, there's the romanticized version of it. That's like the community and the people and serving people and making drinks and, you know, like having a community space and, and, uh, which are, which are all legitimate reasons to do it. Um, but then there's also like obviously the business side and the side that maybe isn't romanticized because it's not necessarily the fun stuff to some people. Some people may, you know, love the, the practical business aspect of things, but, you know, I, I think one thing that you've done really well is just being vulnerable and whether that's the the really fun stuff or the stuff that's also not very fun but has to be done right like you just have kind of i mean i feel like you share on social media and on on your own stuff on like even on the cafe stuff like you guys are always sharing really practical vulnerable things it's not always just like here's the pretty stuff that we do and here's the great stuff that we do it's also very vulnerable where do you, where would you say that comes from? Like, why are you so vulnerable and, and why do you see maybe vulnerability as, you know, your superpower? I am naturally a pretty vulnerable person. I think it comes from, like, personally, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, a lot of, like, pretty big, tragic things have happened in my life um, from a very young age. Um, I, I lost a brother when I was 19, you know, I lost all my hair when I was 24 and I lived, you know, without my hair for like four years, I've, you know, have lost homes. I've, you know, I've been evicted as a, with a, you know, in my childhood, Mm -hmm. uh, just experienced a lot of loss and a lot of really difficult transitions early on that really broke me and like opened me up and closed me in, in ways that it was really difficult kind of processing. And I think my vulnerability has come from my needing to deal with a lot of these things early on and not knowing like what else to do other than being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you go through that type of grief, you have to face it uh, pretty quickly head on. And I struggle with depression because of all of those things. And I had to get therapy really early on. So I think I've been doing the work of breaking down my guard and, and a lot of stuff like really since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, 
it was like a survival tactic. Vulnerability for me is like, mm. it, it, it's, it's how I, I need to cope is opening up and, ex, and expressing myself. Otherwise, if I don't, and if I keep it in, like it's over, like my, mm. I, I, I will not survive if, unless I open myself up and like release all those things. Um, and, and I think again, it goes, it does goes back, go, it does go back to acting. It does go back to my training because mm. I did spend four years in a really tough conservatory, almost a toxic environment mm. because this was before, uh, you know, it's like back when boundaries didn't really exist <laughs> in a lot of uh, areas and a lot of companies and schools. So I was really broken down and, and, and as an actor, you have to be very vulnerable um, because if you're going to portray other people, if you're going to go into this bearing your soul, you have to. And so, um, vulnerability was very important to me. Mm. Um, and I think it comes from that. And then when you translate it into the business and the coffee shop world, I decided very early on that if this is going to be my brand mm. and if this is going to be my company, I want it to be me and who I am is vulnerable. And so I'm not going to change that because I have a coffee shop now. Mm. I'm going to, in fact, make my coffee shop vulnerable because it's me. Yeah. And I wanted everyone to see everything, every part of it, because um, I find that interesting. Mm. And I kept thinking, well, if one other person finds it interesting, it might as well be me. And yeah. so I'm going to keep doing it. And it it started to resonate with people to be like, wow, she's very vulnerable and open about this process. And I was like, yeah, what, why wouldn't I be? Because mm. that's who I am. I'm not going to hide any version of myself. Um, but then I thought about how helpful it could be to expose a mm. lot of the struggles and a lot of the ugly and raw and terribleness of not just opening up a coffee shop, but the human experience. Um, yeah. Art, artistry and acting and business owning. And I think all, all the things that I'm doing, um, comes down to storytelling and human connection and human experience mm -hmm. and vulnerability has to be part of that. Um, and I've always felt like a communicator. I've always felt like that was part of like my calling. Mm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit it. I'm not gonna, you know, lie. I'm not gonna, I, I just felt like I, from the get, if I do that, I'm just gonna continue doing it. Yeah. Well, and there's kind of like this, I wish more brands, especially like small businesses, like, the, if the corporations, you know, want to keep things on a need-to-know basis, that's whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, small businesses, I feel like, especially in today's world, you you have to be vulnerable. People want to know how you built it and why you made that decision. It's like bringing, because of social media and, and the way we can invite people into the process now, it's like all, this whole other way to build trust, and so I feel like that's something you guys have done really well is I think people just see, know, and trust you guys and want to genuinely support you because they know that it's all at face value at all times. 
Yes. You know, it's not like this weird, like, if you know, you know, kind of thing. It's like, it's like the most inclusive thing ever. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's what, from my perspective, that's what sets you guys apart. And I wish more small businesses, not even just cafes, but just small businesses in general would adopt that concept. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I, um, I value that. And I think, um, I just, I live fearlessly (laughs) sometimes, most (laughs) of the time, all the time. Um, in that way, because I find beauty in it Mm -hmm. and I find that when people are real, that's the people I want to be around anyway. And so I want to attract those people. And so if I am real myself, those are the people that are going to follow, that are going to be my friends, that are going to be my customers, that Mm -hmm. are going to be my community. Mm -hmm. I want those people to be real with me Mm -hmm. because if I'm not doing something that's, you know, aligned or if I'm not doing something cute or like, you know, uh, effective, Mm -hmm. I want people to come up and tell me that. So it's like, yes, building trust is important, but it's also like, be real. Like we do not have time to be fake. We don't have time to cover up all the, I don't know. It's just like, I hate that bullshit. Mm -hmm. I just hate it. And so I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have my coffee shop be like that. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just, why not be real? I don't know. We just, life is too short. Yeah, it's good. You know, we talked a little bit earlier, like you've been able to really have a really big impact on the the Kansas city community specifically and have made some great connections and have been featured in really big magazines and have been, I mean, like you've in the last three years, a lot has happened. Yes. You know, my question really is like, how did putting yourself out there turn into those things? Cause, cause, so here's some context. I think a lot of creatives have something in their head, right? Yeah. And the, the percentage of people that actually take something out of their head and bring it into existence is, is pretty small. My, my hope would be that people are encouraged to see other people who have done that, taking things from like concept to, you know, perspective vision and actually like visualize it and bring it into the real world for other people to experience. Like, I I think that's a huge thing. Um, and you've done that, but that took a lot of like putting yourself out there in a city where you knew nobody, you, you knew your ex-boyfriend and his family at the time. <laughs> you just started building relationships. You know what I mean? Like for the person who's like, you know, I, I maybe have this idea or maybe they just want to push their own art more, but they're afraid of putting themselves out there. What have been the, the huge things you've seen as wins from simply just putting yourself out there? It is trusting who you are as a person. If you don't know who you are as a person, or if you're not on your way to know who you are as a person, it's not gonna work. Um, A lot of artists know who they are on the inside, and then they express it through their songs, or they express it through their art. Um, 
And that's when you see the most successful artists happen is that, wow, that is them mm-hmm. painted. That is them. Like I can hear their soul when they sing. And for me, I know who I am. And I've always, I've always been me. We've always been ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we evolve, but the true nature of who we are is in there. And I think that I've trusted that and the most successful times and the most like big things that have happened to me in the past three years have happened just because I was literally myself. Mm. Like I didn't hide anything. I didn't censor myself. I was just me. Um, I think that that's when true like magic happened was when I literally was just like myself (laughs) which was mind boggling. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I could just have been myself this whole time. And like mm. would was okay. It's freeing. Oh my God. The yeah. freedom. Um, and I think that when I was like, I'm going to own my own business, I'm just going to do it. My, my style all the whole time and see if it works and it worked. Mm. Well, it's still working. Um, but like, I think that the, intuition and that gut feeling and like who you are as a person it just has to feel aligned and it also has to feel good Mm -hmm. and um uncomfortable too because I think that uh I gave myself permission to be me and to really be me and to be unapologetically me Mm -hmm. and those were the times where I was like oh my god People actually just like me for me. <laughs> um, but it, it wasn't easy to just be like trusting in that. I doubted myself a lot. Yeah. Um, I still doubt myself a lot. Um, but I think that I was like, y'all, I got a chance to just do this and own it and n- do it with the, the beat of my own drum and I'm just going to hold on to that because that's all I have. Mm. It's really all I have is myself and my vision and my art and all of it exists in here and I'm going to put it out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I released expectations of people. I released expectations of like I didn't look at results. I just looked at if I was proud of something and if I liked it that was enough. Mm -hmm. And I think people attach that to an end all the time. Like, Oh, I got to make this amount of money or I want to sell this or I want to sell this many records or I want to hit this many views or like da da da. I just didn't even think about that also. Cause I just, we were all lost in the pandemic. Yeah. So I think that the pandemic really lended me like a blessing and a hand in that where no one knew what the fuck was happening. So I didn't really have a measurement. I didn't really, I'd never opened a business before. I'd never experienced a pandemic before. None Mm. of us had. So it made me feel like, well, I wasn't the, the only one figuring this out. We all were everyone. Yeah. So I gave myself permission then Mm. to just do it my style, which I think everyone should be doing anyway, but I think we just get in the way of ourselves. Hmm. We compare ourselves to other people. We look at other people's metrics. We look at other people's success. We look at what other people are doing. 
when the whole time you should just be looking at yourself mm. and like focusing on you because that's that's the magic mm. um and i think that you know i don't i don't know how and i don't know like why but i think that it feels right so i'm just going to sit in it and going to keep going mm-hmm. and don't look around <laughs> focus on the road that's good mm-hmm. now, and, I, and i think that's the that's kind of the piece is like it's so easy to compare nowadays and it's so easy to get caught up in you know obviously social media and and all these things there's so many avenues for us to see a lot of people only posting the good stuff and maybe not being as vulnerable. So you only see, you know, whatever. So, but then you're just comparing other people's, you know, achievements and things to your own thing. But it's like realizing like we're, we're, we're literally all on our own journey and it's, it's literally apples to oranges. Like there's, there's no comparison. Even if you're in the same industry doing the same skill set, it still is like your background is a hundred percent different than theirs. Like there's just, you can't compare. And I don't, and I try not to cause you know, um, and again, I show business is tough and mm. you've got to have the thickest skin of all. And if you are focusing on other people's journeys, you're not focusing on your own training. You're not focusing on your own voice and your own body and your own mind and your own creation. And, and you're just then giving another person their, your energy truly. And I believe in that. I believe in like, you know, energy and I believe in like vibes and I believe in just like what, cause creation and art has this like different frequency and vibration. And like, if you are just pouring your energy into comparing other businesses and looking at what other people are doing, like, where's that energy going It's going towards someone else. Mm. And if you're not focusing on yourself and you're not focusing on your own journey, like who's focusing on it, then no one is. Right. So it is hard though. Like Mm. I don't blame other people to like look and, and compare and, but I just don't have time for that. Like Mm. I really literally quite literally do not have time for it. And so I try not to even focus on that. I, I focus when I do focus on other creatives and when I do focus on other businesses, it's to support them mm-hmm. and it's not to then compare. It's mm-hmm. to literally selflessly pour my heart and my soul into someone else because I know that it's important for me to support someone's mission and, mm-hmm. and, and that. But I don't look at other people to be like, oh, well, they're doing this on social media, so why am I not? Or like mm-hmm. they have this drink out or like that person's doing this, so why am I not doing that? It's like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, and I have never done that, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I just don't have time for it. Yeah. That's a waste of time. It really is. <laughs> it truly is. And like, I think time is so precious mm. and I just don't want to waste it. Yeah. It's so good. I kind of want to bring up something I saw you post on social media a few weeks ago. It's nothing bad. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Even if it was, I don't care. Um, but you're, but you're vulnerable and I screenshotted it. It was one of your stories and, uh, it was, you know, you spent some time off with, with your family Mm -hmm. in San Diego. Yeah. 
and you guys went to with some of your nieces and nephews and you guys went to Disneyland. Yeah. And so you just had some time with them and um, you just put something in your stories that was really profound that I feel like would be really cool to talk about. Thank um, you. So I'll just read it. So it's a picture of you and some of your nieces and nephews. I don't know if you remember it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, uh, I'll just quote it. But you said, to them, I'm the aunt that travels and Lord knows where she is. They think it's cool, which it can be, but it sure makes me think about cherishing time with my family more. It's funny. I'm still grappling with guilt because I'm not at work. Having guilt for working, guilt for playing, guilt for being with family, guilt for choosing to follow my dreams. It's a constant battle I'm having to overcome. Coming to terms with all of the sacrifices I've had to make to somehow live the most fulfilling life I can, but maybe missing out on what's most important. Hard to differentiate at the moment. And I think there's a lot of people that feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going on in your head at the time like, like that you wrote that? I um, only see my family probably a few times a year. And that's not just because of Cafe Cafe. That's been my constant since college. Um, I knew I was going to leave and pursue theater. I knew I was going to move to New York. I knew I was going to not be around my family. I missed a lot of special big occasions because I was on the road. Um, I spent 10 um, Halloweens, Thanksgivings, my birthdays, Christmases, and New Year's away from my family because I had chose to do Christmas shows or I chose to be in theater. And a lot of um, actors and people in the industry would know, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice. You have to do the show. And not all the, not all shows will give you time off to go spend with your family. It's just the sacrifice. And then I thought, well, you know, now that I'm not doing theater, maybe I'll have more time to do that with my family. And I still found myself not having the time to be with my family. Um, but before, it was at the sacrifice of this dream that I had of being on Broadway and for the art. You sacrifice for the art. And then now my sacrifice is even bigger than the art. It's for the community. It's Mm -hmm. for this like bigger purpose that I saw. But then I started to feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm missing out on my family's like memory making. Like I'm not there for Christmas. I'm not there for Thanksgiving. I'm not there for these important things like my nephew's high school graduation. And I'm seeing all these moments like pass and I love them. And I feel like the things that I'm doing is for them. Mm. Like the shop that I'm creating, the, the movement that I'm having is for my nieces and nephews. It's for this world that I want to create for them. And yet I'm still missing out on their lives. So it's like this back and forth of like, what is, what is my pursuit? Is my pursuit, um, my purpose? Is it, what is my purpose in like, what is my pursuit living this career to try and like help my nieces and nephews or should I just be spending time with my nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. and not, you know, it was like back and forth. And Mm -hmm. like, I have so much guilt because of 
me wanting to split myself into like five different people to be with my mom who lives in California to then be with my nieces and nephews who are both in California and Florida to be here while I, you know, build a community here. But then also like traveling is the one of the only things that I know for sure that I can write down on paper and be like, that makes me happy. Mm. And as a person. Mm. So it was like all these things all the time being like, what am I doing? Mm. Where am I supposed to be? Am I following the right direction? Am I following the right thing? Am I, am I answering the calling that I feel like is here? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was going, there was a lot of things going in my mind about, damn, like I feel so bad. Um, I've been pursuing this like coffee shop and this higher purpose in this coffee shop. And then before I was also pursuing art and what I thought was my purpose when I was an actor, but then I'm missing all these like important things in my family, but there's also needs to be a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what do I sacrifice? Do I sacrifice my, my calling and my purpose to then spend time with my family? Or do I sacrifice my family to then answer my calling? Like, Hmm. (laughs) it was a lot. It's hard. It still is very hard. It still is very hard for me because I don't, I don't know. There's no answers. You just do it. Yeah. What, what would you say right now you feel like your purpose is? Right now in my life, my purpose is to communicate, to lead, to be myself. And I think those three things lead to an even bigger calling, which I can't really put into words quite yet. Mm. I always felt like growing up, I always had this thing in my mind because Oprah said it (laughs) and Oprah is my, my biggest influence and my biggest hero. Mm. Um, and that is, she always felt like her, her calling was to be great. And I've always resonated with that. I was like, my Mm. calling is to be great. And, um, and I feel like acting and what I'm doing now, I communicate and I lead um, and I um, am doing it all by being myself. But I think that right now, that's what it is. And I thought my before when I was an actor, I thought, oh, I'm supposed to be communicating through my art, through the stage work that I do. Mm. And that's great. Right. Like that is, that was my pursuit. And then when this happened, I was like, Oh, I'm still communicating, but I'm leading now. I'm trying to lead this movement of amplifying the Asian narrative in the Midwest Mm. because there is none here. And I felt very, very called to do that. Um, because it just started because it was needed for me Mm. moving here, being an Asian in the Midwest, I felt like there was nothing for us. So I was like, I'm just going to do it myself. If there's no one else doing it, I'm going to do it for myself because I need it. I need it to survive here. Certainly other people need it if I need it. Mm -hmm. So I just kept going and going. I was like, Oh, I guess I'm supposed to be doing this right now. I don't think I'm supposed to do it forever. Um, but for the 
the period of life, the era that I'm in right now, I think that's my calling and I'm just going to follow it. Mm. Um, and then it's the third is just to be myself mm. because every time I try to lean away from that, it brings me back to being myself. And that's when the best things have happened. Yeah. That's great. And I think, you know, even, even a little bit back to, you know, the nieces and nephews and family and, you know, the weight of the sacrifice, right. Mm -hmm. And having to make sacrifices of time and, and, you know, we, we, a couple episodes back we had, um, um, we had Brooke on and she's a mom Mm -hmm. and, um, insane creative director and super talented. And we had a similar conversation, you know, of just like, even at a mom to like, like at a parent level of like, she said something super profound, basically like her kids could never know the impact she's trying to make, Mm. you know, it's like they, they only see like, is mom around or is she not around or is, is she present or is she not present or whatever. And they, and they do really good about like their incredible parents, but there's still as like this, this concept of like, she's just trying to do her best. She's, we're all trying to just do our best. And a lot of times our family and friends and, you know, it's not as, it's not, it, it isn't always just what you see at face value. Sometimes like realizing that our purpose is even way bigger than us and what we're trying to build, what we're, what we think we are su- maybe supposed to do and this bigger thing that we're like building for and leading up to and, and whatever it is, but like our loved ones in, in a lot of ways, our kids, our nieces and nephews, our parents, whatever, they they may not be able to feel that the way we do and and that's okay we still are responsible for what we feel like we're here to do yeah and and that can be freeing i think as well and that doesn't mean we neglect the other things mm-hmm. we don't neglect family we don't neglect you know whatever you have to choose what's valuable to you um each everybody individually but i just feel like there's a lot of people who just need to to let go of a lot of parents who need to let go of parent guilt. A lot of entrepreneurs who need to let go of the guilt of balancing, you know, building great things for future generations, but also like pouring into their family and friends. And, and it's always just this balancing act, you know, and, and, but guilt doesn't help. Never. I think that's the, that's the thing, you know? Absolutely. And but it's hard to practice. Yeah. For sure. It's not easy. It is not easy because it's an emotion that comes up and you're just, what you do with it though is like you, you feel it and then you let it go mm. and then you just keep going and you feel it again. That's like what it, what happens to us. You know, we're emotional peak people. Yeah. Um, and emotions are supposed to be felt, not pushed away. Um, lean, I lean into it sometimes and then it helps me figure it out. Like, I got to process it. Mm. I'm not going to ignore it. But it is very difficult. Life is difficult, though. Yeah. 
So it's just the human experience. Mm-hmm. It's just part of it. Yes. I'm curious maybe to even get a little more practical for the person who is, let's not even get to the cafe level yet, Mm -hmm. but just the person who again has, has that dream, that vision, whatever in their head. And they just need that extra encouragement to start taking steps towards actually putting it out into the world and, and making it something that other people can enjoy and whether it's art or business or whatever, but like what are some things that you've learned over the last couple of years in um, whether it's practical or, you know, it also could just be like some encouraging words. (laughs) You know what I mean? This can be applicable to anything, but, (laughs) and I've said this at pretty much every talk that I've had or every speech I had had somewhat of the same question of just like, what are some words that you use to help you? And I always say there are idiots out there that have done it. And that can be applied to anything. Motherhood, business owning, becoming a millionaire. I always say there are idiots out there that have done it. And that makes me feel better (laughs) because I'm like, well, if there's idiots out there that can do it, why not me? Yep. And like, I can be an idiot sometimes too, but it's like, but there are literal <laughs> idiots that have done way more than you have with maybe less or maybe more, but that doesn't mean you can, you can't. And mm-hmm. so that gives me some encouragement It humbles me. It helps me feel very like, well, it's accessible. Like there are people out there that have done it that are like literally either not deserving or not as, equipped or not as talented but they still have done it and so why can't you Mm. and that truly like goes in my head all the time because I think like we compare again and we but sometimes we should compare the other way right and we don't Mm. because obviously we're trying to push ourselves right and we're obviously trying to like manifest and work and try to be like the greatest version of ourselves that we can be. But what about the other way around? And why don't we look at that too, as a a way to encourage us and being like, well, if this average Joe did it, I have a college degree. I have a lot of support. I might not have a lot of money, but I have a brain Yep. period. And like it can grow. It can learn. I didn't know shit about owning a business before. There's YouTube, there are books, there are like things that I can do to grow my brain to get to that point. Mm. Um, Because there are idiots out there that have done it. So why can't I do it? And so that honestly, like truly, truly has helped me a lot to really like focus and being like, Mm. you can do it. You can do it. And you're the thing that's limiting yourself is Mm. your brain. Yeah. So that has helped me a lot. And the concept of time has helped me a lot. The older I get, the more, uh, the older I get, time goes by faster for me, at least. Yeah. I'm, we're already in July and I feel like I just woke up in, in January. Yep. I have a fear of time. I have a fear of getting older. And so this like time for me has helped me just take more action. Yeah. So I think I think that has helped me too because I think of life 
as limited. Mm. I don't think life is this like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, I have all this time. I have all these resources. I have all this money. Like life is very limited. I don't have that. I don't even know when my time is going to be over. Right. Um, and that's not even up for me to decide. Right. So whatever time I do have right now, I'm going to use it. I'm going to mm. do something with it, whether that's create something or whether that's experience something or whether that's tell someone, you know, I love them or I like them or I yeah. don't like them. I just don't have time to waste right now. And I don't <laughs> know if it's because my mom is older. My mom is 75 and um, I, I value my mom so much and I value the time I have with her. And so I see it as this like, you know, what is it? Sand dial or what is it? Yeah, like the hourglass. An dial. hourglass. And that shit's running out. Yeah. So if you're just sitting there and you just have this idea and your fucking hourglass runs out, bro, it's over. <laughs> like, mm. do something, do something. So um, I, I'm just a woman of action. I just take action. I just like, whatever, failure doesn't exist. You just do it again. You just, yeah. every day is another chance to like do the things that you want. And you know what? Like, it doesn't always work out. I have had my heart broken more times than I can count because I've just like thrown myself into a, into a relationship because I'm just like, well, whatever I have, mm. I love this person. And I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But a lot of people live in fear because they're just afraid of getting hurt. I'm not afraid of getting hurt. I'm afraid of not experiencing things. Yeah. Um, cause I'm not, I don't want to live in this bubble. Mm. I just don't, I don't, I don't want to live in that. But that's me. Of course, that's not easy for, for other people. But I think, I don't think in the, those terms. Um, yeah, time is is so precious. What do, what are we gonna do with that time? I'm for sure gonna experience life, and I'm going to answer my calling, and I'm going to tell people I love them. And if I get hurt in the process, psh, I've been hurt before. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So you're still there. If you're watching this, you're still there. <laughs> yep. So just go for it. Just do it. That's good. It's easier said than done, <laughs> though. So I don't know. Always. But it's encouraging. And I think most people, just hearing somebody else who has done it can sometimes be encouraging enough to, like, take a jump. Yes. You really, truly have nothing to lose. Money comes back. Your ego <laughs> will suffer and you will build it back up. People come into your lives and they'll leave. Like, it's life. It is life. And I think I've had a lot of life happen to me. So it's, it's helped me know that I can get over really hard things and survive it. And I think a lot of those people that live in fear maybe haven't f come out of situations before or they haven't experienced a lot of things that I've experienced to come out on the other side then to encourage them to be like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. So everyone's journey and everyone's um, freedom and, and the things that they experience is very, very individual to them. But I think us as humans, like, if we're not, if we're not experiencing things, 
we're limiting ourselves so much. Yeah. This world is so big and there's so many experiences to life and I want to experience all of them. And that includes the bad stuff. It's mm-hmm. good. Really good. Um, to kind of come to a con- try to come, come to a conclusion here, you know, again, this could be practical or not, but you know, you got a lot going on right now. Um, you got business, you got other creative endeavors, you know, you got people reaching out to you for stuff like this. Um, you know, what, what do you do again, practically or methodology, you know, what do you do to try and maintain healthy rhythms Mm. and keep your mind right, keep your body right, you know, keep like, Cause, cause you're, you're also having to show up for a lot of people, you know, you have a great team and you know, you're always bringing super high energy and so much fun. And, and I would assume that there's a level of expectation, um, that you kind of bring that, you know what I mean? To who you are and into business and to life. And, but sometimes that could be exhausting. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you, what do you do to make sure that you can show up as your best self? Um, I'm very unhealthy at the moment. (laughs) I am not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not healthy. Mm. Um, I rarely sleep. I, um, consume a lot of marijuana at night. Not, Mm. not during the day. I don't do it during the day. Okay. (laughs) Y'all I reward myself with it. Once I hit the non-work hour, which is usually like 9 PM, um, I don't exercise. I don't eat well. I have horrible boundaries, but I am working on it. Mm-hmm. I just started life coaching about a month ago, um, which has really been profound in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. I've been in therapy since I was 15 up until this point. Yeah. So over 15 years of therapy, which has been c- consistent for me. Um, but that was literally because I would not survive without it. Um, cause at a very young age, you know, when I lost my brother, it was over. It was like, I, I was suicidal. I was just not in a very good place when my brother died. And, um, so I knew I had to live. And so I started therapy, but right now I'm not healthy. Mm. <laughs> not going to lie to you. Um, but I do try yeah. I do try. And um, one thing I've been trying to work on is a routine. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think the one thing that I think the one thing that I've been doing consistently that has helped me (laughs) is um, to come to terms with the fact that I'm not healthy, admitting I'm not healthy, admitting all the the bad stuff, at least saying it out loud, Mm -hmm. which I do all the time, um, confronting the bad stuff has helped me um, be like, you should probably exercise or you should probably go on a walk. 
you should probably go outside and drink some water. <laughs> you should probably, you know, I'm, I, I think that is the one thing that has helped me is that I do admit to myself that, oh my God, I have poor habits. I have poor uh, routines. Um, so that's why I did invest in a life coach because coaching focuses so much on the present and so much on the future versus past. All of my therapy has helped me dig in and dig and dig and dig. I feel like I've digged enough. Mm-hmm. But now I'm working on the now and the roots and the growth. Yep. Um, so life coaching has helped me tremendously, tremendously, tremendously. Um, friends, keeping friends around, a really good group of friends, a really good solid group of people that know you, that will call you out, that will not bullshit with you. That help has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, silence has helped me a lot. Sitting in silence. Um, there's so much noise. There's so much going on. Uh, I have very much been doom scrolling and being in bed at night for hours just scrolling on TikTok, consuming, consuming, coping, um, running away. Uh, and I've had to just like put my phone away and just literally sit and like allow myself to sit and not let noise distract me. That has helped me, Hmm. but I'm not going to come on here and sugarcoat and pretend like I have a perfect morning routine. I literally don't. (laughs) I, (laughs) It's it, it's where I am um, is not a healthy place, like physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. I stress out a lot. I overthink. I get depressed. But I treat every day like a new start. I treat every day like it's January 1st. I treat every day like I have a new opportunity to set goals and to check one thing off my list. And if I do that one thing... I woke up, I'm good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you just got to be messy to then like figure it out. And I Mm -hmm. think in this mess, I'm trying to then just like be okay with that. Mm -hmm. But I do, I am working on a morning routine. So just recently within the past month, I am um, put my phone in the kitchen Mm -hmm. I've just ordered a, a alarm clock on Amazon so that I don't have my phone in my room nice. so that I can just wake up and I'm working on that phrase. I'm working on it. Um, that's something I'm implementing is saying, instead of saying, "Ugh, I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad at that. Like, cause I immediately would have said why well, I'm so bad at morning routine. Mm. Like I'm so bad at discipline. I'm so bad at working out versus just saying I'm working on it. Working on it yeah. I am working on it. Cause I really, I truly am. Cause all the entrepreneurs I follow, all the people that I follow, um, I believe in, um, healthy consumption. Cause if I am going to scroll, if I am going to doom scroll, it's going to be all the people that I love, all the people that I want to be like, mm-hmm. all the people I want to learn from. Mm-hmm. So that's one practical thing. Stop following people you don't want to be like, and only follow people you want to be like. Mm-hmm. So that every day you're waking up and you're just like, damn, that person's so cool. Or that person's so inspirational. So that's a practical thing. 
but morning routine, I'm trying to just wake up, breathe, be grateful that I woke up and then make myself a beverage, like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea to then physically remind myself to give myself some nourishment Mm -hmm. and stay present with my dog. And that's it. That's the thing that I'm working on right now is to not be on my phone. The first thing I wake up in the morning. So then what I do then is I make sure all my social media for the morning is, is pre-scheduled the night before. Mm. So I do all my work up until bedtime. And I, I don't give myself any type of like nighttime routine other than my skincare ladies and fellas and these skin routine helps. But I, at night I work, I work, I work up until I fall asleep. Mm. Like I don't even like sometimes fall asleep in my office or on my couch. Like I'm a workaholic, but then I try to set myself up for success for the next day. Cause I know how difficult morning routines are for me, but how yeah. vital I need it. And so I do everything I need to do. And then I wake up and have less anxiety because I knew that I did all the things I need to do for social media. Mm-hmm. And I gift myself a minute to five minutes of just, wow, I didn't wake up and, and scroll to my phone and that was a success for me. Yep. So I'm working on that. It's real. It is real. It is real. And like, God, like I see other entrepreneurs and I see other business owners where it's like, woke up at five in the morning and went on a five mile run and then drank, drank my protein and then did my gratitude journal. And like, I love that for you. I love that for you. And that's just not me. Yeah. So I am trying to just be like, yo, I woke up and I drank some water and I gave myself five minutes to breathe. Yep. And that's what I'm working on right now. And that's enough for me. That's a great start. You got to start it's, somewhere. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I do. And but I'm working on like trying to exercise more because um, health is wealth. <laughs> And if I'm not healthy and if I'm not present and if I can't stand for 16 hours to work doubles and to be present for my team, my community, like I'm, I'm not going to be fully there, Yeah. but I am not, uh, your routine girly. <laughs> I am chaotic. <laughs> um, I am a mess sometimes, but I'm happy still <laughs> like. I'm happy that I can admit to that and to be very open about that. Yeah. Um, and that it is okay. Cause I'm still here. Yep. You know, you're doing what you can. Yeah. I do what I can. I'm curious, like since life coaching recently, since starting life coaching, what have been some of your biggest like takeaways? I'm working really hard on learning about boundaries. Mm-hmm. I hate boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I fully support the notion of boundaries, but I feel like I think out of respect for others because I respect other people so much. But for me, I'm rediscovering what boundaries are and I'm learning about them for the first time. I'm practicing them for the first time. I'm formulating an opinion about them now. That's one of the big, biggest topics. Yeah. Um, so even more tea Um, This is the longest I've ever been single Mm. and not in a relationship, not in the pursuit of a relationship. Um, 
and just learning how to um, date myself right now. And that's yeah. a really big discovery for me um, and boundary setting for myself. Because um, I, like I said earlier, I am a workaholic. <laughs> I will work until I can't. I love it though. Um, but I do have to work on dating myself, like doing the things that I enjoy as a human being, practice what I preach. Um, I, my community, the people that I love, I want them to have fulfilling and rich lives. And that means for the, that means to me having all the experiences that they possibly can have and all the opportunities that they can have. And if I'm not practicing that, I'm not doing any, any, like, I don't know. I just like, I feel like I'm not doing my work justice. Yeah. So I'm learning about boundaries. I don't like them. <laughs> and I'm learning how to um, give myself more permission to, um, to gift myself things mm -hmm. like time and gift myself permission. Um, I'm learning a lot about relationships um, how to navigate them and respect them. Um, I'm kind of rediscovering what I want out of life right now, but I still don't really know. Mm. I don't know if I want to be a mom. I don't know if I want to get remarried. I was married and divorced. I don't know if that's the journey I want. I don't know if I want kids. So a lot of the life coaching that I'm doing right now revolves around kind of like shaping mm. what I want at least the next few months to look like at least. So it is, it is difficult in different ways than therapy is different. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Have you, I mean, you've been doing therapy a long time. Like, you know, who do you recommend therapy for versus who do you recommend life coaching for? Or is it a both and? I recommend doing both all the time. 100% especially if you're an artist, it only, I mean, for the human experience, but if you are an artist and you're not in therapy, I am so sorry mm. <laughs> because we are full of just worry and angst and we have to dig and dig and dig into the depths of like the darkness to create sometimes. And if you don't have someone there to keep you accountable, to make sure that you're processing the right things. Mm -hmm. I recommend therapy for those who have fear. Mm -hmm. um, if you are constantly afraid and feel very worried or insecure about yourself and about the decisions you're making, I, I, and, and you can't understand why things keep happening, like relationships, are falling apart or why you are struggling at work to say certain things. Like I definitely recommend therapy because it's going to really, um, hurt, but it's necessary. And then life coaching, it feels like for me, it's like you've, when you feel like you've reached a point of your life, that is a transition. Mm. Um, and I'm in a transition in my life and I feel like I've done enough therapy and I've done enough digging, but I now don't know 
how to like take it into a different path. And so life coaching for me has been very different. It's more tool oriented. It's more, um, breathing. It's a lot more, um, uh, focusing on, on what's next versus focusing on what happened. I don't really want to focus on what happened anymore. I want to focus on what I can do now with those experiences to then move forward. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've processed a lot. It's always a process. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still in therapy. I'm just in it less. I went from going um, every single week to biweekly to now just once a month Mm -hmm. for therapy. And now I'm doing life coaching every week. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest investment I can, I can ever have done and I recommend it mm-hmm. like life coaching. I recommend you should always have someone that can help you keep accountable, reflect something upon and create with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's good. But if you can afford both do it, if you can't afford either, there are resources there for people. And if you, and, and if you still feel a little iffy about that, reach out to one of your favorite creators or reach out to someone that you see as a friend and ask them for a cup of coffee. And I guarantee you, you will feel better after it. Mm. So that's a a way to life coach without having a life coach is like have coffee with a friend. And that's like. The sounding board. Yes. Yes. You, we are, we are humans that need connection. And if you are connecting to people, even if you're just listening, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a really amazing tool. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Are there things you're working on that you want people to be aware of? Or are they, or the things you're working on that like, you some people know that you're working on things, but they're not public yet or whatever. But are, is there anything, you know, that you want to share or, um, that you feel like, yeah, I, I would love to share this. We're working on this or, um, Yeah. I am currently working on my one year anniversary of my brick and mortar. So we are trying to figure out the best way to celebrate that. Um, And that's probably my next big like activation is celebrating that. Um, We just opened our little mini location in the West bottoms, which um, was a project for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working on uh, my team. I just hired a few new people, um, but I'm really, really working on how to amplify and focus on my team of baristas and managers and how to amplify them because they are, they represent much more than a team that just works at Cafe Cafe. Um, I've hand selected and chosen a really incredible group of people who are all people of color or all part of marginalized communities and each of them have an individual business or dream that they're trying to achieve. They're not just, you know, floating around. They each have their own businesses. They each have their own pursuits Mm -hmm. and I want to find a way to support them in the best way possible. Um, financially networking wise, like opportunity wise, I'm pouring so much of myself into my staff right now because I love them. They're important to me and they represent the community that I'm trying to build Mm. and I'm trying to amplify. Um, So 
I'm, it's a work in progress and it's something I'm doing, but really I'm trying to bring as many opportunities to them as possible. Um, so that's something I'm working on. Yeah. I'm working on speaking more, mm-hmm. um, public speaking more, trying to, um, bring more of my story to other parts of the country, um, whether that's on social media or whether that's in person, um, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I have one other passion project that I'm trying to work on, but um, it's 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 going to need some time. And it's just a little fun little side thing. But yeah, I think I I'm I'm constantly working on myself. Um, but with Cafe Cafe, it's mainly it's mainly to support my people that I've hired. Mm. I really, really am excited about that. And that's one of the things I want to shake up and change about coffee shop culture is like not just focus about like the whole brand, but to focus on the people that make up the brand Mm. and that make up the company. Because even if they come and go, they still were part of it. They still helped it. Um, And I don't think enough people focus on the people. Mm. And that's what's most important to me is the people. 